welcome to the Why God Why podcast. My name is Peter Englert. I am here with our special producer, Dan Austin, because Nathan is away today. And then um, I didn't want to say sub, but anyways. With a, He's the, smiling, so that's a good thing. We're, the, we're okay. the illustrious co-host, Aaron Mercer. Hello, hello. You could say you could say illustrious producer too if you wanted to. I think Dan could take that. We could, we could. Dan's a he's a he's a pretty pretty great guy over there. He is. Well, <laughs> anyways. All right, we'll move on. We we have a great podcast episode. We are here with Travis Hearn. He is um, a veteran and now currently working in the marketplace. But he's responding to the question: Why do I need God in my PTS journey, um, PTSD journey? And I think this is an important question because. Our goal as a podcast is to respond to the questions that you don't feel comfortable asking in church. And so I think that some form of this question has probably come up. And this is our like July 4th episode. So I, I think no matter if you've experienced PTSD or know someone that has, I think this is going to be helpful to you. Yeah, I'm really uh, looking forward to this conversation. Travis, thanks so much for being on with us. And uh, obviously this is a... It's an important issue in our in our country. It has been for for a long time, um, and it's certainly something that we are grappling with uh, today. And um, yeah, no, I'm I'm thankful for Travis. Looking forward to his insights. And uh, Peter, thanks for setting this up too. I think it's an important conversation for us to be to be having. There's so many people who are who are affected um, by this, and particularly among our our, our veterans and. Um, Travis, I, I, I see, I have a little bit of background on you here, um, but I wonder if you could just kind of introduce yourself for the, for our listening audience so that they know more about your, your history and how you got on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Just, just for having me. It's, it, it, it really is an honor to come talk about this, this topic because it, it's something that's, that's really near and dear to my heart. And, um, the journey that I walked, uh, or, and continue to walk is something that is, it's, if it's, it's been helpful to me. And if we can you know, talk about this in any other way to spread this to anybody that it may be helpful to, I believe that's why God puts us through some of these things. So a little bit of background on, on me is I spent, uh, not about nine years in the, in the Marine Corps, um, from 2006 to 2016, uh, just back and forth from Iraq and Afghanistan from 2008 to 2009. Um, Afghanistan in 2010 and uh, just a, a lot, just some amazing, amazing opportunities to be able to, to, to help our country do great things. Um, so from about 2011, 2016, they stationed me here in beautiful Colorado Springs, Colorado, which the biggest mistake the Marine Corps ever made was sending me to a nice place like this because that was my ticket to, <laughs> to ride in about nine years. Um, so, uh, folks, I was working in the United States Northern Command for about, uh, the, another, another five years, um, working kind of, I did some counter cartel work and then when we, well, we moved into some more like counter narcotics, counter, counter, uh, counter cartel, counter terrorism, uh, a lot of counter work. So trying to, trying to stop bad people from doing bad things to, to the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that until about 2019 and then I moved into the, the counter cyber security realm from countering cyber threats to the United States as well. So uh, after doing that for about ooh, 16 years, I jumped 
jumped, jumped the government chip and started started working in the private sector um, for the past 11 months. So it's been great to be able to jump on these kind of podcasts and talk about uh, talk about these really high level, really important issues. Um, was introduced to Peter through a mutual friend, uh, Becky Harling, who's a, an amazing woman, amazing leader, um, and she made the connection. Peter and I talked. We had a conversation. And probably could have talked for another two hours about how important this conversation is and then how, how important this is to, to release the stigma from it, to just have it out in the open and just discuss it. So that's kind of hmm. a snapshot of how we got from there to this morning or this afternoon for you guys. Before, you know, before we jump into your personal story, I, I think this is important to set some context to our listeners. So we live in a culture, you know, I, I think about ADD and ADHD, um, you know, attention deficit disorder and also PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And we're more adept, adept at saying that, but do you feel like there's a positive and negative of the awareness of these types of things, especially PTSD? Are you concerned? Like how, as you've seen the culture change in responding to it, there still is a little bit of a stigma, but there's also almost i feel like almost too much comfort with people like yourself that have actually faced it how, how do you navigate that tension yeah it's such a crazy dichotomy of this yeah we want that we want the stigma to be released um from these from these these diagnoses that what is adhd ptsd um we don't want the stigma that's attached to these anymore um and it's just it is especially in the veteran community it's it was very it was seen as my uh, it was, you, you didn't want to go see the chaplain if you were having a problem. That was going to be this, a label that was put on you um, with your buddies, with your command, with everybody else. So I think, that, I think that narrative is changing a bit as we come out of Afghanistan. I think it's becoming more and more common that, that military members and are, 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 allow, are, are able to voice concerns of, hey, I, I've, I've experienced some trauma. I may need some help. I need to walk through some issues. And I think it's it's that's that's a really good part of it um and on the flip side of it there's there's it's it's becoming more mainstream and i believe it's 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 becoming a, a broad topic of conversation and sometimes i believe it, it, it can be misused it can be it can be it can be misused in in veteran life and civilian life and i think people uh, can use it in different ways that that are that are not necessarily good for the the whole community of those who are walking with post traumatic stress or adhd or these these different things so i think there's it's a, it's a weird dichotomy yes the stigma is kind of changing and the the narrative is changing around ptsd and different disorders and at the same time we have to be careful um when we when we start talking about it because the these things trigger in many many different ways for different people what, oh just one follow-up sure. to that because i think what specifically bothers you the most about it becoming more mainstream you know to your experience and yeah, so becoming more mainstream, it doesn't, it's not necessarily a bot. It's just, I, I just really want us to be careful when we throw around the words PTSD. There's, I think there's different levels of PTSD. I think there's different, different, it's just, it's, it's, it's a diagnosis. It's a medical diagnosis. So I think it's like you have, it's, it's something that needs to, when, when the, the, we talk about PTSD, we need to be very careful in the conversations, much like this one. And we need to be able to address it specifically because trauma and PTSD looks different for every single person. It looks different for every human. Um, every human experiences trauma in a different way. Every person adapts and, and, and internalizes trauma in a different way. 
So when we start talking about trauma and, and different things that have happened in our lives and we talk about PTSD, uh, I believe those two, just, we just need to, to, to walk lightly or tread lightly when we dive into those conversations specifically. Yeah, no, th- thank you for that. I And, and Peter, I'm sorry I was uh, jumping the gun there, but I actually did want to kind of, I wanted to maybe back up a minute just uh, for those, um, for everyone who's listening, you know, can you tell us a little bit more about what PTSD PTSD is first of all mm. and you know how specifically within the the military the, the veteran community you know how are you seeing uh, w- are you seeing increasing are you seeing it just becoming more understood like what are the levels we're talking about here and maybe even you know if there is an increase then 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 why just i mean i think maybe just a more base level uh, understanding especially for people who aren't necessarily in or surrounded by the military community uh, on a daily basis. It'd be great to, I think, dig down a little bit further. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I can explain what, what, what that looks like for me. Uh, again, not, I'm not clinical in any way, but I can explain what the PTSD, what that actually looks like for sure. me. Um, it, yeah, so it looks, it looks a lot like, and this is kind of, and we can get into the journey. When I first, when I first got back from Afghanistan in 2010, um, it was, it was my wife that about a year later, about 2011, my wife looked at me and she's like, man, there's some different things going on. Something, something else came back with you from Afghanistan and we need to, this, this is something that we need to, to figure out. We lost, uh, three Marines in Afghanistan. Um, and then coming home, we lost a couple more to suicide. Hmm. So all of these things were just, it, it kept, it was, it was eating at me. It was hitting me. And then the, the actual, what we, what we were doing in Afghanistan, uh, and Iraq was, it was just all these things were compounding onto me where it became just this very numb feeling. It just, there was, there was, there wasn't really any emotion coming from me. I wasn't able to verbalize emotion. I wasn't able to verbalize really much of anything. Um, extreme hypervigilance, extreme, uh, sleeping was difficult. So it was, it's just all these different things that, uh, that, that, that didn't, that weren't with me. But when, when I left for Iraq and then when I came back from Afghanistan in 2010, uh, came back home with me. So what that started to look like was, okay, my wife said, this is something that I know you don't notice, but I do. So we need to figure out a way that we can walk through this. We need to get some help. Um, and at that point it was it, 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 in about 2010, 2011, we were still in the throes of Afghanistan rotation. Deployment rotations were still happening. People were rotating in and out of Iraq and Afghanistan, both. Um, so it was still in this weird space of, Hey, we don't have, we don't really have time to address this issue because we have to get back out to Afghanistan. We have like, we have nine months, nine months to be home, but we have to, we have to train to be able to get back out the door. So that was kind of the mindset for, at least for me and, and for, for my unit, for the, for the Marines that I was with, um, was okay. Let's just, let's just shake this thing off. Let's blink our eyes a couple of times and let's get ready to get back into the fight. Cause that's what we had to do. That, that was our job. As we've come out, and I think rotations have slowed down, there's still still deployments going on, still men and women doing amazing things in uniform. Um, but as the Iraq and Afghanistan deployments started to slow down, I believe we started to see veterans have a, it, it have a hard time. For me, it took me about a year to really realize that this was trauma, that, that I was being impacted by, by, by this trauma that I experienced. And, and then it, it was compounded again by the, the friends we lost to suicide when we came home. And it was just all of these things took a little while to build up. And now that I think that we've been, we've been home and we've been able to kind of fit into a culture where 
the culture, the, the, the conversations are changing. Uh, the PTSD conversations are changing and it is becoming a little bit more mainstream. So if there is an increase in, in diagnosis and increase in people walking through this journey, my opinion would be it's because we've had a, t we've had a chance to come and sit down, slow down and really understand what came home with us rather than what we left with. And those things really start to just churn up as time goes on in, 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 in kind of our society and our culture where it's, you know, it's very, it's, it's much different from being deployed. It's, hmm. it's just a completely different world. So I think that if anything, the, the time that has passed and that will continue to pass is it could be a reason for an uptick in these in PTSD diagnoses and, and also just, just the realization of trauma, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you, uh, have you found that the, um, the military community or the, the um, veterans, whether that's, whether it's official government resources or even just kind of uh, services or maybe ministries that are surrounding uh, veterans and their families. Have you, have you found that there's a increased recognition of um, what maybe some of the, the warning signs, I guess, of PTSD for one thing, um, but also uh, ways to try to try to help, help both the, the soldiers who were who were um, downrange, who were on uh, deployed, as well as their families, as they're as they're adjusting, are you, are you seeing more recognition and more services? No, absolutely. And this, and I've been out of the game, the military game, since 2016, but still working in the mil with, within the military for the past since at least up until 2020. But what I've seen is it's one of the great things is that it's becoming more mainstream. Um, that has taken it, it's becoming more more talked about there's more trainings there's more resources that the military is making available um i believe in my it's in my opinion the va has done a great job of being able to 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 clean things up and provide veterans with some resources there's mm. that nobody is perfect in any of these any stretch of the mind um but since we have slowed down these rotations to iraq and afghanistan and we're it's coming to a close it's kind of it's being talked about more and it's it, un unfortunately the signs of military members coming home that trauma is that trauma came home with them is domestic violence issues. There's alcohol issues. There's these issues that really lead to, Hey, there's the, there, there may be a problem here. So those, those incidents are, are increasing as well. So that's, that, that is, that is one of the I mean, telltale signs that, Hey, let's, let's just dig into this a little bit deeper. So, but that being said, the military community, I think we can always do a better job about walking with and, and destigmatizing this, this trauma. Um, but what I found when I moved to Colorado Springs and kind of away from the Marine Corps, I was at Camp Pendleton for, <clears throat> for five years, which is all Marine all the time. It was great. <laughs> all right. They were very insular. We were just, I was around Marines 24 seven. Then I came to Colorado Springs and it was just, there was like 34 of us in this huge military command. And it was different. It was a different life, a different ball game. Um, and we started going to church, and we dug <clears throat> we dug into the military ministry uh, here in Colorado Springs, and started getting involved in that. And it was just through that it has it, like I never knew that existed when I was in California. I was so focused on getting out the door and fighting and do this, that training, this, that, and the other, <clears throat> that I didn't really take the time to see what was out there. Um, mm -hmm. But when I got to Colorado my aperture opened up and there all of a sudden there was this, there was a ministry opportunity. There was a, there was a, there was, there was different programs that didn't have anything to do with the military or government that were available. And my eyes really opened to that once, once, once I was able to settle down, get out of that deployment rotation and realize that I actually needed to, 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 to walk down a, a path of healing. Um, that if I looked hard enough, they were, there were, there were resources available. Hmm. So I want to come back to your personal story and <clears throat> I, 
you've kind of hinted at it, but I'd love for you to kind of walk us to where you are today by first of all, starting your, your wife said, Hey, you, you brought something else home with you, which was, you know, PTSD. So I guess I'd be curious, you know, what did that look like? You know, was it a disconnection, not feeling of emotions, but to help our listeners kind of walk into your life. But then, you know, our whole question today, and you were very adamant, and this is what I love about guests. You're like, the question is, why do I need God through my PTSD journey? So you've kind of hinted at it. So you went from, hey, acknowledging this is a problem to, you know, from what you shared with me, it was a holistic, it was church, it was therapy. You've mentioned this ministry to where you are today. Walk us through that process of kind of the before and where you are today of how you kind of identified, but also pursued healing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, like I said, my wife, when she made that, that statement, it was just like this moment of like, okay, let's start whatever process we need to. I don't know what this looks like. Um, I did not. uh, So a little bit more background. I did not grow up in a Christian home. Um, my wife, again, was really the catalyst to be able to bring me to, to, to bring me to Christ, to, to my ultimate, you know, uh, we were baptized together in 2010. We just walked this great journey, but I didn't grow up knowing anything about, about, about Christ, about God, about, about salvation, about healing. I didn't know anything about that. So in, when, when, and we were still really early along in our journey when this, this happened about 2011, we were early along in our, in our walk with Christ and. We didn't know what it looked like, so we're like, okay, let's just uh, let's just start going through the motions. What do we need to do? We need to find you a counselor. We need to find you this. We need we need, we need to we need to get you into counseling. We need to figure out some some of the EMDR treatments. We need to get you some treatments. So we did that. Um, we found a good counselor. We started the treatments, and it, we started this process of 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 counseling. Uh, and it was great. It was it was. I was able to unpack a lot of things and I was able to, to really dissect and, 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 and understand the meaning behind why I was doing some of the things I was doing, whether it was the hypervigilance, whether it was the, just, just operating out of anger, whether it was operating, it was, it was just operating in this, like, if it wasn't numb, it was anger. That was, that was my, that was my default. Um, and so understanding that just, just, just that part of it, like, Hey, you're, you're operating out of anger was great. The information was great. So about a year into it, we've I've been doing the, the counseling in the EMDR and it, there's still this, this, it's still lingering. This, this, it's not, it's, it's getting better slow, very, very, very slowly. And talking to some of the, some of the, some of the people uh, in the, in the military, some of the military resources, like, yeah, that's the process. It's a slow process. Then like, you're going to be living with this the rest of your life. This is what, this is just what happens. Um, so at that point I was like, that can't be the, that, that can't be the total answer. So we, like I mentioned before, the military ministry uh, at our church here, we, I started getting plugged into there. I'm like, there's something, there's something about these guys that is different. They're, they're, they're a group of military members. There was some SF guys in there. There was a retired um, colonel who was actually in the Pentagon when he got hit on 9-11. All these men and women who have walked through some stuff and are, are, are living their best lives. And I'm like, okay, there's something to that. What, what, what is that? So I started asking questions about like, okay, what, what, what do you do differently? This is what I'm doing. How do we walk this differently? And the first question was, he's like, well, what's, what is your verse that's going to help you get through this? And I was like, my verse that's going to help me get through this. I have no idea what that means. What is that? What does that mean? So 
uh, the chat he was the military chaplain. We actually had a chaplain at the church. He's like, okay, let's sit down. Let's walk through this. Like as you are going through your different treatments and your healing, you need to have a, a you need this, this, like with the rest, along with the rest of your life, your foundation has to be in Christ. Your, your healing foundation has to be in Christ. And a verse is going to help you stay tethered to that. So we came up with a couple of them. So my first, my first verse was like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, what is the military mantra? Like, I'll do it. Raise my hand. I'll go. So Isaiah chapter six, when we, when he, he talks about when the Lord says like, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And, and then I, so I heard the voice of the Lord say that. And I said, well, here am I. So that was the foundation of this. Okay. Here am I, I am ready to do this. I'm ready to put this work in with you, God. Let's just, I don't know what it's going to look like, but here I am. My hands are up. Let's figure this out. So we started walking through that and then it, it changed my perspective in the, in the healing journey. It changed my healing perspective. Um, of a full involvement in Christ in the process, not just going through the process, but involving Christ in the process, praying before, praying after, praying during, uh, and then processing the process with with this military community that I've, I've that I've that I've come really close with. And then we, as we started walking, I started meeting other people in that community, in that in that military ministry community that were walking through some of the similar things that I was. And, and it started, it was, it was kind of like this, this game of, of uh, just this race game where I would be a little bit ahead and I'd be like, okay, well, I, I, I know a little bit more of the puzzle. Here's what's helped me. And then I'd be able to help them walk through something very, something to, to, to help them to, to increase their, their faith and their walk with Christ and their healing journey. And then I would get a little bit more ahead. And it was just, it was just like this constant race back and forth where I would be able to pass on some of the things that I was learning in my walk hmm. to these other, other, other military members. And it was just, I found that God was, he was turning my story, my trauma story into a healing story for others. And, uh, what, as I was, as I continue to, to, to go through scripture and involve God in the process of, of healing, um, we started walking through Psalm 91, whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high, uh, will rest in the shadow of the almighty. You know, I will say to the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress and God whom I trust. That became my new mantra. And it's just that, that has been a, as we, as I've walked through it and I will continue to walk through it. It's just been, I've seen God do amazing things and use this story of trauma to help other people, which is, I, I truly believe is the reason that, that, that I walked through some of the things I walked through in Iraq and Afghanistan and coming home was to be able to turn this around and flip it and, and flip it, flip the enemy on his head. The enemy wants to use this to steal, kill and destroy, but God wants to use this to heal us and, and to bring truth into our lives. So tangibly seeing that and like not even meaning to do it was, was something that was, it, it was amazing to me. And being able to continue to walk in that and, and in this, to, to bring this, 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 these two seemingly separate entities together, the military and the church to, 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 to bridge that gap, to, to, to bring true healing is it's been fantastic. And it's been some of the, some of the, some of the stories we've, that have, that have come out of some of these conversations that we've had, or these, these walks that we've had with other people through our reboot programs and through different programs that we've, we've jumped into, just has been truly astonishing. And I don't think I, uh, and I, I probably would have gotten to where I am today had I stayed steady with the process that I was on the EMDR, the counseling, but adding Jesus into the mix changed the game. It changed it from a healing story of just myself. That's a long, that's going to take a long time to a healing story within myself. That's going to help others and will mm -hmm. be more rapid and, 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 and continuous. Wow. That is, that is so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, that's, 
amazing to hear um and i just want to say actually while i'm saying thank you I, let me say thank you too for putting yourself in harm's way for us i mean i know you've been you know like so like so many uh, others other soldiers you have been mm-hmm. uh on the front lines for us in uh, iraq afghanistan um and i mean i don't know i don't need to know if there's other places or not but like for we know that um and thank you also for i know you've been on the front lines for us in more the online world too, but you know, uh, so thank you for protecting us, all the counter work you said you did. Uh, and, and also I just wanna thank you for sharing that testimony too of God working in you, um, an ongoing process I know for towards healing. Uh, I know it's, it's not like a one and done thing, but, and he's using you to, as you're healing to help heal others. That's, I mean, that's so amazing and powerful. Um, I am, I'm, so I'm curious, you know, what, as you're as you're helping other other people, um, as as God is helping you and using uh, and using others to help you, what are your hopes for helping other people? And I actually, have a two part question here. Is that okay, Peter? Is oh, that allowed? Yeah. All right. So, and the other part is, um, I'm curious what you would say to someone who, you know, you live in a in a community where there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of military around you. Colorado Springs uh, obviously is a is a, a there's a big military community. You know, what would you say to someone who doesn't necessarily live in a military community, but they they have friends who might be a, a veteran? Um, how can they sensitively be be helping someone? Mm-hmm. I, you know, and, and and being sensitive there. I know you mentioned at the beginning you want to be careful not to judge something one way or another. But how can someone be trying to help others like you're helping others right now? Is there a place they would point them? Um, so that's kind of a a big question. The good thing about a big question is you get to answer however you want. So yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Perfect. So kind of to address the first, what I hope to see from this is I I really hope to see that whether it's, whether the PTSD comes from combat, whether it comes from a car accident, whether, whatever that walk looks like for someone walking through trauma, that they're, that, that they can just lean into not their own understanding, but God, but, but God's and understand that, that, that there is not only is there healing for, for what they're going through, but there is use for their story that their story has meaning that they, that they can take their story of trauma and turn it into something that God will like, God doesn't, he, he does amazing things anyway, but what he can do with a trauma story and what I've seen him do with trauma stories, man, it's just, it's a whole, it's a whole nother level stuff. And that's my hope is that people that are walking in this can lean into God to, to, to gain healing and also to lean into God to help them use their story to, to help others. Those are the two things. And like trauma is, trauma is a beast. It's, it's not, it's not fun. It's not, it's, it's, it's unfortunately very common. Um, and it's, people can go to very dark places and feel isolated. And that's another hope for, for, for this is just like, if, if you are feeling isolated, just understand that you cannot, like, this is, this is something that, that, that you need people around you with. Um, you need friends to pray for you. You need friends to lean on. You need family to just to come alongside you and, and like, don't do this alone. That is my hope is that if you, if anything, if you hear anything from any of this, it's just like, you need to, you, you cannot do this alone. Um, at, not only without Jesus, but without friends, without people to pray for you, like holistic, like just healthy for help, just, just friends. Mm-hmm. You need a network. Um, and then the, the, the second part of that is, and you may, I may be, I may go off, go off on another tangent, like I have been doing for the past 30 minutes, but, <laughs> uh, but when, 
it's people that aren't don't live in the in the community. The people that that, that aren't don't live in this. They're not really an under, have an understanding of the military community or yeah. trauma or of mm. how this how, how this whole thing works because it is complex. The human brain, the way the brain deals with trauma, is very complex and it looks different in everyone. Um, and so one would be just if 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 we're if you feel like you can interject in some way, start by asking a bunch of good questions. Mm. Just start by asking the questions of, Hey, what is, what's your walk with God? Like, well, what is your, what, what, what do you, what is this life? And, and so putting this in the, in, in the, in the, through the lens of, of how Jesus can help. Like, what is your walk with God? Like, do you have a life verse or do you have a healing verse? That was the first question that I was asked. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't even know what that means. But that was, like I said, that was what tethered me to this, to, to be able to come, keep coming back to the Lord and keep coming back to scripture to be able to help me walk through this. So starts by asking a lot of really good questions um, and just being there to listen and, and, and just having, having an open ear and being willing to jump into some of the, some of the really, really hard stuff. Cause trauma come, like I said, it comes with a lot of really hard stuff and can be difficult to walk with somebody through that. I know my wife, she could do a whole podcast on why did I do this with my husband, mm. <laughs> yeah. but she's, it's, it's, it's a tough thing to walk through with somebody. Um, and there's has to be a lot of patience, a lot of grace, um, and just a lot of time spent walking with somebody in this. So be patient, ask a lot of questions and be, just be open and, and be, be willing to be vulnerable, um, to be able to, and that goes on both sides. That was one of the other things that I found in the early on in my, in my walk was I was just like this, okay, I'm going to check this box. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm not really going to go get down to the issues of these things. I'm not going to be vulnerable with this person. I don't even know who's, um, walking through all these different things, but like, if you're trying to walk through this and you don't necessarily have the military community surrounding you, just be, be vulnerable or you don't have the, if, if you're walking through this outside of the military community, just be vulnerable when you're, when you, when you're going through these counseling sessions and you're tethering back to Jesus and, and vulnerability is what's going to get you there. Knowing what, like what, what you were going through, like just being vulnerable with yourself and vulnerable with others is, is huge. Cause that's going to bring truth and it's going to bring healing to the places that, that, that that darkness hides. Mm. So, hopefully that answers a little one of the questions. I know you gave me freedom to go kind of go anywhere, but <laughs> no, <laughs> hopefully that helps answer some of them. Yeah, well, that was great. Thank you so much. No, I think that that's great. And I want to get kind of super specific. So this episode is coming out a few days before July 4th. Um, you know, Memorial Day was uh, about a month ago. Uh, you have July 4th and we have Veterans Day. Tell us how do you handle those days because there has been some conversations about how we kind of engage these holidays and so i just think for our listeners and especially the veterans it's just important for you to kind of share what do these days mean to you in the positive and negative sense as someone um, dealing with ptsd yeah, no, that's a huge one. I mean, we just had our military uh, and our, our church does a really good job with celebrating Memorial Day, Veterans Day. Um, they do a really good job. But for me personally, you know, since it uh, like these days changed significantly in 2010 when I came home and then that again in 2011 when I, we started losing more and more military members to suicide after after Afghanistan. And so those days in the last 12 years have really changed for me. So it comes to a point uh, it, it, for me, how I prepare for Memorial Day specifically is to it's it's not a day. This is something that I'm thinking about year round. So to be able to continue to stay in the word and continue to stay 
on this path and I go off of it all the time. There's I, this is not a straight path. It's got tangents and bumpy roads that I go off on all the time. But it is to, to be able to prepare for those specific days that is just a, it's a it's a day on the calendar that reminds you of it forces you to remember these things. Um, you're for me, I'm remembering them year round. But it, for, this is the day that like okay now now you're supposed to really remember. Um, so two parts to that when if you're walking with somebody who has lost uh, who's celebrating Memorial Day by remembering those the, the, the someone they may have lost understand this isn't this isn't a day a day long process this is a this is this is pretty continuous mm. and the preparation up to that day for me it looks like a lot of a lot of grounding a lot of techniques that i've used like through traditional counseling it's it's they're very like some of the tools that you get in traditional counseling is are they're amazing bilateral stimulation different things that you can different tools in your toolbox that you can use to 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 help you walk through trauma and walk through triggers um use, use those tools and then just be in the word. If you feel for what's helped me specifically, if I feel like I am going off on one of those, those bumpy roads was one of those off ramps. And it's just like, okay, what's, where am I going? Why am I going there? It's, it's real, it's self-reflection and to get, to pull myself back into where I need to be, to be able to focus on, on, on my wife, my kids, to be able to be the, the parent, husband, uh, professional, whatever I need to be for, for other people, it, it, it's, and for myself, not just for other people and for myself, um, dig into the scripture. Uh, I, 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 I read my life first, probably 15 times a day, or I just wrote, it just goes through my head every like 15 times a day to just to tether me back to that. So when we lead up to those days, the veterans day, the, the Memorial day specifically, it's for me, it's helpful to celebrate those who, who I've lost and remember them. Well, I told a story of, Last, last for Memorial Day weekend at church, I told a story about um, Jacob Light, who was one of the one of the guys that we lost in in Afghanistan. The first time I met Jacob was in 2008 when I first got to my unit, and we had this round robin. Uh, it was like 1,200 Marines out on a beach, and it the first, it was called the Highlander Games, and it was a series of events like a like a really rugged Olympics, where the first event was 40 of us got into uh, on the beach, and we had a jujitsu match, a grappling match, and I line up against Corporal Jacob Light, uh, who's probably 150 pounds soaking wet. I'm probably 210 at that point. I'm like, this is done. I get this is. There's no way this guy's going to get anywhere past me. And the way it worked is, but if you got tapped out, you would you'd have to get to the side. You 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 were done. And then if you tapped another person out, you go on to the next person. So it's like this big royal rumble of people tapping out. And I'm I'm like, I'm looking at Jake. I'm like, dude, I got this. So. I, 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 I come to like five seconds later, Jake has tapped me out. He's choked me out and he's already on to the next person going from person to person to person. I'm like, what just happened? And they picked me up and they put me to the sideline to watch. And I watched Jake go from person to person to person to person, just, just, just doing whatever he wants to do with it. He was, he was manhandling him literally. Um, and I'm like, man, who is this guy? So I start to get to know him a little bit better and we, we, we become, we become friends. And like, so I find out that before I got to the battalion, a few, few months before that, he had been shot in Iraq. He'd been injured in Iraq. Um, so Purple Heart, Purple Heart recipient came home, fought like crazy to be able to get back onto the next deployment to Iraq, mm-hmm. which we were getting ready to go on. Uh, made it through that deployment and then Afghanistan, uh, we're a month into Afghanistan. Jake steps on an ID and, and he's killed instantly. Mm-hmm. So this this man with a pur- with a purple heart fought like crazy to get to Iraq, back to Iraq, uh, and then back to Afghanistan. Um, telling stories like that 
of, uh, and I know this is a very long <laughs> answer to your question, but telling stories like that to to remember some of the great times that I've had with some of these people, some of these heroes, uh, it helps me one remember the it rem- I remember Memorial Day in in a in a in a good space in my head. I, it's a, it's a good memory. I have good memories, and that's mm. what I think about on Memorial Day. So stories like that um, that are top of mind and, and, and for me are, are what I really lean on. And then leaning into the gospel and, and leaning into the, into the Bible is what really helps me get through it. So I, I really appreciate you modeling that. And then, you know, for our listeners, um, you know, my wife's actually certified in EMDR. So that's eye movement reprocessing or uh, deprocessing reprocess. I, I butchered it. But anyways, just just for our <laughs> listeners. But. I want to kind of go to a clinical question and our time is just going so fast. This is a great interview and I just appreciate your authenticity, but you know, I don't want you to speak for other people, but I'd love for your personal observations. What's the difference in similarities between veteran PTSD and civilian PTSD? Um, Have you thought about that? You know, help our listeners kind of understand that to this kind of big complex term of the differences and similarities that you see. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a question. And that is a question. Again, <laughs> I will go back to just leaning, like you said, on my, my, my experiences and my, what the way, the way I, the way I think of that I am in no way a clinical, clinical anything, <laughs> but what I see is just, and, and some of the stuff that I've read is like trauma, like I said before, trauma impacts someone differently. Every it impacts people, everybody differently. It's very individual, individual. Um, somebody who experienced some of the things in, in Iraq and Afghanistan, the same, if, if the same person were experiencing some of the same things in Iraq and Afghanistan, they might have, may not have had the trauma response I had um, just based on their history, their, their, the way that they're wired. Um, so when we think of civilian PTSD and, and military PTSD, I think it's just, t- to me, trauma is trauma is trauma. It's, it's the body's way that they, that they, we re- they react, that, that we react to, to that trauma. Um, and for military folks, it's, it, it, it may be visually different, physically different, um, as far as what initiates the trauma, it's gunshots, it's explosions, it's seeing, seeing things that you may not have wanted to see. It's, it's losing friends. It's, uh, it, 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 that's the way it looks. It's a little, to me, and I'm just speaking for me, it's, it's, it's a violent way to experience trauma. And most trauma is a lot of trauma is violent. It is experienced in violent ways. We have car accidents. We have, we have any number of things that could initiate trauma and, and just me walking down the street here. Um, we have a loss of loved ones on the civilian side. I lost my mom a couple of years ago and just seeing, being there at the end and experiencing that kind of trauma as well. Like that, 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 that is, so I can, I can kind of feel, I feel both of them. Hmm. Um, and to me, the military trauma was a lot more immediate and it was a lot, it's just, I think it's more the community that you, that you can surround, that you surround yourself with, which is the real difference in the military community. My experience was we have to get ready for this. We can't, we can't really dwell on this. We have to go civilian and seems more in the civilian world it's more it's it's more one it's more it's still more acceptable it's more the stigma's not necessarily there as much and there is a broad understanding and research of of how to how to treat and how to help people walking through different trauma that i believe the civilian world promotes more than the military world would mm. and again this is just this is just my experience and i i, I think that 
you know, like I said, cognitively and the way the brain works, I read a great book called the body remembers. And it's just how, how the body deals with trauma, how the neurological pathways get formed and great, great book. Um, but it's just, it's, it's people experiencing trauma different in different ways. So if there is a difference, I would say it's in, it's in the way that the communities and the cultures handle it rather than the trauma itself. Mm. So with, with, um, I think going, you know, focusing more on the, the, the military community again here, as we are approaching, uh, Independence Day, um, we, and we have had Memorial Day recently, um, but you know, in those holidays, holidays like that times, like you said, when we're forced to, um, forced to think about, especially Memorial Day, I know, I know, I know Independence Day is much more celebratory and, um, which is great. We should be celebrating our country and we should be celebrating, um, certainly, uh, having, having fun in that place and whatnot, but, you know, in the parades and in whatever we might be doing, uh, fireworks displays or sporting events. And you see soldiers who are, are asked to stand up and, you know, we applaud for them and whatnot. What, what would you say? What's a, what's a good way to really appreciate, um, I think maybe just um, military uh, personnel and military families in general, but but also what would you say about um, being sensitive to those who are going maybe through a hard time and maybe there are triggers in some of those some of those situations? What's a way that we can be that we as as people who want to be encouraging um, our, our our friends in the military or our family members in the military? How can we show them that we care, that we love them, that we appreciate them uh, in a in a good and sensitive and um, a truly celebratory way, but that is also sensitive to to what they may have gone through? Mm. Yeah, that is amazing. That's a great question. So, no matter how many years go by, Fourth of July, when no matter how long, how far along I get on this journey of healing, like when Fourth of July happens, that's the, it's just the sound, the tangible sound of fireworks is mm. it, it's it's triggering to to a lot of vets. It's just it just is. No matter what happens, it's just that initial. When my son pops a balloon in the other room, I have the same reaction. Hmm. So it's it, and it's so one. Just be aware. I'm one of the best things in the world. My neighbors have great neighbors. So when they when whenever Fourth of July rolls around, they come and knock on the door and they're like, "Hey, our kids are about to set off a bunch of fireworks. Is that are you okay with that?" And so them be, them being just kind enough and aware enough because I have the the license plate, I have the Marine Corps flag up. I'm I'm proud. <laughs> I love, I love, I love this country. I love, I love the military. I said, that's, I'm still my bones. I mean, you see my background. I, it's not, <laughs> I don't like to hide it very well. Yeah. I, so love, it. I love your background. When, yeah. Yeah. So when, when, when 4th of July happens and, and, I, and, and people are aware of that, just, just the ask, just the, just the, Hey, I understand. I, I see you. It's, I mean, it's, it goes down to the, the very core um, needs of a human being. You need to be felt, you need, or you need to be, seen, heard, uh, seen and heard. Those are the two, those are two foundational aspects of being a human. If you felt seen and heard, um, that's, that's great. So being, if, if, if we're talking with people and military members around this holiday on 4th of July, Memorial day, it's just allowing them to be seen and heard uh, and, and acknowledged like, Hey, I know you, I know you're going through, I, I, I see that you're a veteran. We're about to do this. How about, is this okay? Or simple check-ins, like, hey, how are you doing? I, I know Fourth of July, it's it's you know everybody's celebrating, we're having a great time. How are you feeling about this? Mm. Like you mm. fought for this country, like with my some of my buddies, like you fought for this country. Like this is this is like a holiday that's like, man, this is this is this is great. But like, how does that feel to you? So and and like I said, this journey is individual. Everybody is different. 
one person may say, I'm fine. Like 4th of July is great. Let's get the grill going and let's do this. And another person's like, I can't, I have to hide in my basement Hmm. because of what's going on. But you don't know that unless you ask. So advice would be to ask the questions, make sure, and, and, and be brave enough to do it there. I mean, they're going to, it's, it's, it's something that it, it takes a little bit of courage to walk up to somebody. If, if, if it's a neighbor, if it's, if it's uh, a friend, if it's a stranger and, but, and just, Hey, if it's someone at church, hey, how are you doing today? I know you're, I see you raise your hand for, for veterans day and for Memorial day. Just, just be aware, ask the right questions and just be, 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 help them to feel seen and heard. You know, what's so powerful about what you said is you were specific to veterans, but you know, if my wife was here or any other counselors, they'd say the same thing to someone who lost a parent, to someone who has been through trauma. Like everything that you're saying is great advice to people that haven't gone through it, which is, you know, we have a family at our church that they lost a daughter and you know, you ask people in grief and you say, would you like me to ask about your daughter? Um, and it's been years now and, you know, we just ask and they appreciate that. And there's some people that'll tell you, you can ask once, but I don't want to be asked again. And, and I think all of this goes to the point of, you know, I think the book you mentioned was the body keeps the score or something like that, which is pretty, you know, pivotal work. Everybody handles it differently. So the more that you can be aware and individualize it, the better you're going to connect with people and support and love them in a way that God has called you to. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it is, it's about being individual. It's about, it's about asking the hard questions and it's about uh, just showing the kindness and love that Jesus showed us. It's, it's, we want, Jesus wants us to be fully healed. He wants us to be, to walk in, in his glory. And he wants us to, he wants us to, to help others along the way. I, I believe that to my bones. And I, 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 I truly believe that these, our opportunities, the 4th of July is the Memorial Day is these are opportunities to be able to talk to people about these hard subjects. And it is an, is an opportunity to, to, to show the love of Jesus to everybody that's, that, whether they're, whether they've experienced trauma or not, a military veteran or someone who's gone through something hard is going to appreciate being seen and heard. So mm-hmm. that is the, the crux of this. If you're walking through somebody like just being there for somebody, asking the right questions, being open to, to, uh, this is not going to sound very Marine of me, but open to a hug, open to a, just yeah. a, just a, Hey man, I love you. Just know that I'm praying for you. Just know that I see you. Just know that I hear you. And like those things mean the world to me specifically. When someone comes up to me and like, if I get prayed for me, I got goosebumps right now. Just somebody comes up and prays for me or says, Hey man, I'm thinking about you. That less than a second sentence is, is, is huge for somebody like me. So just to keep that in mind as, as we walk through just life, not just the holidays, not just the, you know, the Memorial days or specific events that have happened, anniversaries, um, just be, be aware and, and just be, be kind and brave enough to ask the right questions. Mm. Travis, uh, this time went too fast. Um, <laughs> we're going to have you on again. So uh, thank you, Becky Harling. Uh, so uh, yeah, let's, uh, we close the episode with every, uh, with the same question. So the good news is, is that Aaron and I are going to answer that question first, and then you get to pick up whatever mess we leave. Does that sound good? Perfect. <laughs> uh, so what does Jesus have to say about our need for um, him during the PTSD journey? Aaron, I'll give you, you get to choose. Sure, I'll go first if you want me to, yeah. Um, well, I think it's good, actually, because, you know, I can I can say something and then, you know, you're, 
Pastor Peter, you can you can clean that part up. So, uh, no, I, I think uh, I'm just really thankful we're having this conversation. I think it's an important conversation. Um, you know, I know we started off saying that, and I really, really believe that. Um, I think that uh, I think those who are hurting are close to Jesus' heart, like we said, across the board. Um, I think there are some, there are definitely some. Uh, unique experiences that a lot of people in the military have, and particularly in the last couple decades. Um, and uh, just, uh, I, I appreciate that. And I just, I, I, I think it's really, I think Jesus wants to make sure that people do get healed. Um, and I think he wants that fully healed. Uh, and for families of people who have gone through hard times to be fully healed too. And and um, I'm just, uh, I, I think that's a, a good thing for us to be, uh, as Christians, um, as churches, uh, even just these friends who are who are um, with with other people who have who may or may not have gone through hard things, we don't know unless we get to know them. Like you said, seeing and hearing. So, I think that Jesus wants us to just uh, connect with people and to and to try to offer um, offer that that healing that uh, or at least that path for healing. So, yeah, I think this is really important. And so, and and again, just. Thank you, Travis, and um, and and thank you too for um, for all your colleagues who uh, who stood out there for us and continue to. Mm. I thank appreciate you. that, Aaron. Um, so I, I pulled up, you know, just as I listened to you, I, I thought about what Jesus said because you talked about Isaiah being a kind of that's one of your verses, and you know, in Luke four, Jesus quotes Isaiah, and he says. The spirit of the Lord has come upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord. And, you know, the interesting thing about Jesus saying that was some of that was becoming true, but not all of that was true. And um, so we call that theology the now, but not yet. And what's beautiful about your story, Travis, what's beautiful about probably some of our listeners' story is there is a time for complete healing on the other side of eternity of when we're with Jesus, but we experience some of that right now. And I actually think it's good news that we can acknowledge that life is really messy and we still live with triggers and trauma, but there is the hope of healing. And I I think that your story just really lives out what Jesus meant to do in this passage and what he's meaning to do now. Man, thank you so much. You stole my, you stole, I literally have Luke for pulled up right here. So, (laughs) (laughs) but that's a God thing right there. But I just, I think, uh, you know, gentlemen, you you use what you guys are doing with this, with with this podcast and being able to tackle some really hard conversations in, in this way and opening this door for this. Why God? I mean, if I had a nickel for every time I had a question that started with why, like, why God is this going on? Why God is this throughout that healing process? It's just, it's such important work and it's such an, an important door to open for people. And I think Jesus is giving us those answers through us. If that makes sense, he, he's, 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 he's for this, this PTSD journey. God wants to use us to help his people. He wants to walk along with us. He wants to see, he, he wants people to know they're seen, that, that they're heard and that they're valued. I forgot that that third part of that is valued. That's a big part of that. Jesus values every hair in our head. He made, he, he wants to, he wants us to be completely healed. 
He wants us to help heal others. He sent us out here to, to, to do that. And if there is any reason to be put through trauma, in my opinion, and I, and, and I do want to caveat that like this, this is like trauma is, is, can be devastating and paralyzing. It's, this is not an overnight process. This is not something that you can just flip a switch and be like, oh, I'm better. I can use this to help other people. No, it's a, it's a, I, I believe it's going to be, it's a lifelong process that never has an end. And it's, uh, but I believe that God allows certain things to happen so that we can use them to better the kingdom, that we can use this trauma. We can use what we've been through, our experiences in life, just as he did. The whole gospel is a story about Jesus's life and it helps us to, 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 to walk in that way and to learn. So in that same vein, it's, I believe Jesus wants us to use these experiences that are, that are traumatizing and devastating and, and painful to be able to help someone else come closer to God. And that's, that's what I believe Jesus wants in this entire, entire process. Hmm. Man, Travis, what a great way to close. If people want to find you, um, where's the best way for them to follow and just see some of the work that you're doing? Yeah, you can, you can, uh, I would say that you can follow me on Facebook, um, Travis Hearn or Dr. Travis Hearn. Um, also on LinkedIn. Uh, I do a lot of stuff over there on LinkedIn. We do a lot of different leadership podcasts and leaders, leadership stuff. Um, and so over on LinkedIn, it's just Dr. Travis Hearn. So it's, you can look me up and my website's www.titaniumleadershipconsulting.com. It's a, it's a, it's a mouthful. Um, but what I do there is I, I try to help walk with people and walk with, I walk with executives, maybe the secular community and helping them to lead more like Jesus. Mm. Um, I have a book coming out. It's called hybrid. Uh, it's a, it's a leader's guide to successfully leading remote and hybrid teams. And while it's a secular book, I wrote it to through the lens of the gospel and how God would want them, would want people to lead hybrid and remote teams. So it's about individual consideration. It's about knowing your people. It's about really understanding your individuals like God would. Um, so shameless plug. I apologize for that, but, <laughs> but you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook, uh, anywhere you want. No, no, no. Uh, that's what this portion's for. And, uh, you know, when the book comes out, we'll just have you back on and talk about hybrid teams. Does that sound good? I love it. Done, done. Well, Travis, yep. thanks. Thank you so much for your service and being on the podcast. Of course, you can find us at whygodwhypodcast.com. Click the subscribe button and you'll get an email from us. Um, we hope that you have a wonderful week and we hope that you have a meaningful July 4th celebration. Thank you. Thank you.